What's up, buddies? My name's Ty Richardson. This is the Morning Fast Breakup Bonus Edition on this Saturday. Got some NBA talk coming up with James Hollis. Let's go. Here comes Jimmer. Long Let's welcome in James Hollis. He is covering the NBA for B-Ball Breakdown and Real Ball Insiders. He's joining me this morning on a special Saturday edition of the Morning Fast Break. Draft's over, man. You ready to watch a lot of these guys in Summer League? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, The draft, I don't think, I don't know about the star power at the top, but I thought it was pretty deep. And uh, I'm not a big college guy, but I did a little little research prior. And so a lot of these guys that got picked in the second round, I thought, had a lot of talent. So, yeah, I'm interested to see him in the summer league. James, I'm glad you started that. So, as a guy that covers the NBA, what is the draw to the professional league compared to the college that you like covering the professional league more? Well, I mean, I think just the quality of the game. Uh, I know people like college because of the hustle and the energy and the, the folksy kind of like, you know, just say, hey, it's a college hometown feel. But, I mean, a lot of games are ugly. Uh, let's be real. A lot of these guys can't shoot. A large percentage of those guys never play basketball at any level higher than what they're playing. You know, so... Um, yeah, they're never playing any higher than what they're playing. And it's like, you know, college ball, you'll see a lot of times that it's, you know, what, 38, 43, both teams shot under 30%. It happens. So uh, just the quality of the game uh, and the, the super athletes of the NBA, they just do things no one else on earth can play. The NBA has the best athletes in the world, you know, the best 400, 400-ish players, of athletes and players in the world. So I just don't, yeah, the college game, and, and there's just too many teams in college to follow, right? Any day, like it's, you know, New Mexico, you know, New Mexico University versus uh, the Pennsylvania Globetrotters, whatever. Little, little schools everywhere. So, I just, you know, 30 teams in the NBA. I keep up with everybody. It's just more fun for me. A lot of these storylines have come out of the draft trades, who's going to do what, blah, blah, blah. What was the biggest storyline that came out of the draft to you? Um, I guess the Doncic saga uh, because, you know, a lot of pundits have him as the best player in the draft by far. And for him to fall... Uh, not just the three, you know, he got picked draft three, he actually fell to five, really, because that's who wanted him. That to me was kind of a big deal. Um, another big thing, I guess the fact that, you know, we saw in the conference finals so many wing players, you know, those switchy wings. That versatility is the name of the game right now. You know, you want guys who can play multiple positions, do many things with the ball. And yet, you know, Bamba went so high, and DeAndre Ayton, both were just kind of classic centers, went so high. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, you know, and then some of the wings went so low. You know, a guy like Knox falls to kind of number nine, but he seems like the prototypical NBA, like, you know, modern NBA player. So we'll see how these guys all pan out. I don't like Kevin Knox, James. I watched him several times this season, watching a lot of SEC basketball and covering that. He just didn't seem like he had a motor. He doesn't seem like he's that athletic. I know his defensive capabilities and his size and length is intriguing to a lot of NBA teams, but I didn't see it in him, and I don't see him translating to the next level. What do you like about Kevin Knox? Well, real quick, for Ben, like, what they say about Ben Simmons in college, the question is motor, his motivation. It's a lot different when you're getting paid, and that's <laughs> one thing. That's another reason I really support the NCAA, but I think it's kind of a scam. Those guys should get paid because they're in a conversation. They don't, but that's another story for another day. But, um, yeah, just the size, the, 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 the physical tools. Um, and then I, one thing I remember, guys that go to play in Kentucky, Devin Booker. Who thought Devin Booker would be the scorer he was at, at the pro level? Nobody. They thought he was a nice little shooter because that's the role he played. Anthony Davis was basically a defender in college. Same thing with, uh, with Carl Anthony Towns. No one knew he had this kind of full, complete game. Well, Carl Anthony Towns showed a little more. But, yeah, so a lot of guys go to Duke. Uh, sorry, Duke. They go to Kentucky. 
and their game is very limited by the role they're asked to play. So I think we might see more from Kevin Knox as a, as a pro than we did in college. James, I watched Devin Booker in the SEC Championship here in Nashville. I watched him several times on Kentucky. He was far and away my favorite player on that team, even though he was more of a, a six-man slash role player uh, on that squad, which is it's crazy that Kentucky talent is able to translate to the NBA like it does, and that's all the credit goes to John Calipari. But I want to ask you, uh, when I look at Blue Bloods, Kentucky, they usually translate well to the NBA. Kansas does a better job. Duke big men have always scared me, not as much the guards, but the big men. I thought Julio Okafor was going to be a monster once he reached the professional level. He hasn't been, and he's really trailed off since his rookie year. Are you scared that Marvin Bagley the third could be a bust? Um, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I was I had all the jaw uh, Okafor questions before, and they all. <laughs> I, no, I shouldn't pat myself on the back because I shouldn't be happy a guy didn't pan out. <laughs> but at least I, I, mean, I kind of knew what I was talking about. So with with Bagley though, uh, the energy, the athleticism is real. I don't think he'll be a bust. I don't know if he was worthy of a number two pick. Um, he reminds me a lot of a guy. Let's see if you remember Sharif Abdurrahim. He played I think with early 2000s, and he was a you know a six ten power forward to step out and shoot. I think Bagley might be more athletic. Is he on the Nuggets? Energy. Is he on the Nuggets, James? Is that what team he played on? Uh, Sharif, I don't think he ended up with the Nuggets. He bounced around. He's in Atlanta. I want to say maybe the Nets for a minute. Okay, but uh, either way, he was an athletic, uh, kind of a you know step out on the floor kind of power forward. Not so much of a. He had a nice little post up game too. But um, I mean, yeah, I think Bagley has the tools. He won't be a bust. He'd be useful no matter what. I just don't know if you would waste like not waste. You would use a number two pick on a guy like that. Because my thing is. What if it turns out to be a slightly better uh, Taj Gibson, right? Like, that's that's good. It's valuable. I don't know how if that's a franchise changer. So, we'll see. What about his attire on draft night? How about that? The what? His attire on draft night. How about that? Oh, yeah, man. I love – you know what? I love that these kids get creative. And they, you know, they show, they show their personality and their style, man. Um, it, it, they were all cool except for your boy Trey Young shorts. That was a little much. But, hey, <laughs> that's fun. That's all that matters. All right, James, another interesting pick. Grayson Allen goes to the Utah Jazz. Let's go and say that's probably the most annoying shooting guard tandem with Joe Ingles and Grayson Allen in the entire NBA. I I don't know if there's a more annoying backcourt than those two. But that dynamic is going to be interesting because if he plays alongside Donovan Mitchell, they had fights in college, man. Uh, They did not like each other at Louisville and Duke. What do you think about that? those roles eventually translating to teammates? Um, I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, college is college. Now that, again, once you get paid for it, it's a whole different ballgame. Grayson has good size. He has good talent, good athleticism. He's a good player. My thing was that whole tripping thing. Like, once or twice, cool, but, like, he made it a, a habitual thing. That's not cool. And it's one thing to be a competitor and want to win. Another thing to be dangerous, and that's just dangerous. And he, he was too old for that when he was still doing it. So that, that really turned me off on him, so I'm biased against him. But I can't. I'm glad the Celtics didn't pick him. I'm a Celtics fan. But he's a good player, and he's going to, he's going to make it. He's going to be a, a fine NBA player. He's smart, you know. He did what four years at Duke, so you know we know he's seasoned and he, he's seen a lot. He's probably ready to step in and contribute right away. He that that was a good pick, solid pick. Let's talk about your Celtics. Robert Williams, first round draft pick, center out of Texas A and M. I again covering the SEC. I got to watch a lot of him this season. He, he's a stud, uh, and he can absolutely. They need a, a more of a front court presence than I think Aaron Baines and whoever else they bring off the bench at that center position. Grade that pick. Uh, a plus. I mean, at that when you're when you're picking twenty seven, Williams would have been a lottery pick. You know, was projected to be a lottery pick last year, or you know. 
somewhere high last year. Um, he doesn't have a lot of offensive skill, but I mean, being able to run hard down the court and catch lobs and protect the rim, that's, that's what you want from your prototypical NBA center. You want a low maintenance guy who, uh, you don't really call plays for, but is a threat just to throw everything down around the rim. If you, you know, a safety valve when your guard gets in trouble, just lob it up to the rim and he'll go get it. And, um, that's one thing Boston didn't have. You're right. I think Baines is, is a great defender, but they always blow the rim. Uh, Al Horford can get up a little bit, but he's not going to get up and swat shots and catch every lob around the rim. I mean, he'll catch one every now and then. He's a little older. So to pick a guy like, uh, Robert Williams at 27, he really can finish. He really can block shots. He's solid. He's a great, he's a great MA body. You know, I don't think anybody's going to just bully him that's in the league right now. That's, uh, that's a win, man. That's another piece in the Celtics, in the Celtics, uh, in the Celtics puzzle because they, that's what they needed. The last piece they really needed. Danny Ainge has an interesting summer ahead of him. I don't think there's any question about it. There's rumors about a Kawhi trade. There's rumors about Kyrie Irving. Even LeBron James has gotten thrown in the mix, which I think is a very interesting caveat to their offseason. Should the Celtics stay the way they are, or should they make one or two more moves in order to get to that, what is it, 17 championship or 18? I think it's 18 championship. They were a game away from the finals without their two best offensive players. Mm-hmm. Um I think they should basically stand pat. Uh, I understand that, you know, they have a decision to make with Marcus Smart. I think he's the one that can't be moved. And maybe if they need to, Terry Rozier might have to find a new home this summer. If we want to stay for next summer, I'm, I'm happy. That's great, too. It's just hard to put a guy back in the box. He, he averaged over 20 minutes a game last season. When Kyrie and Gordon Hayward come back, that's going to be slashed probably in half. And I understand he's a young player and his, he is, he's up for a contract next summer. So maybe, um, maybe find somewhere just to move Terry Rozier. Uh, but he's very valuable, so that's you know on court. So that's that's a decision they have to make. Marcus Morris is another guy. He played 26 minutes a game last year. He's not going to get anywhere close to that this year. He is in a contract year too. So I would understand if they went to him and said, "Hey man, you understand you're not going to play a lot this year. If you want, we can find you a home." That that'd be fair to him. You know, he's a valuable player. That'd be fair to him. But other than that, man, I just stand pat. You know, get you know you get Williams in Williams in the fold. You got a lot of young guys who were on two way contracts and and played like Jabari Bird. These guys could play, and they're great role players as far as for a team like Boston. So you got you got the little pieces, you got the big pieces. Boston's ready to roll. Let me ask you about that starting lineup next year. Assuming uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving are back healthy by season start, do you roll out Irving, Tatum, Brown, Horford, and uh, uh, why am I blanking on it? Hayward, Brown, Horford, and Tatum? Like, Do you roll out that okay. five and Irving? Is that uh, is that the five you go with to start, or do you mix it up? Absolutely, that's what you start with. That's what they started with. I don't know if you remember. That's what they started with last year. Yeah. That was the opening. Yeah, so you got you got three small fours at the two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's what the modern NBA is, man. We saw that like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both can guard uh, Kevin Love in the post, like, effectively. So that's that's not really a big deal. Very few power forwards are going to just be able to full rush those guys. And any any power forward who can do that can't guard them at the other end. So that's what that's what makes it so deadly. Uh, Gordon Hayward guarded Blake Hayward. Uh, Gordon Hayward guarded Blake Griffin in the playoffs <laughs> two, two years ago, and he did a great job. Same thing, he was stoning him in the post. So I have no qualms about you know running all three of those guys out, especially with Jason Tatum and Dylan Brown. They'll be bigger and stronger after another summer in the gym. I'm excited, man. That's going to be awesome. My, uh, and, and like even with Kyrie, uh, he's not a bad defender, but like if they need to, they could sub Marcus Smart at point guard. Not to start the game, obviously. But that defensive lineup with Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford, can switch everything, and there's no weak spots there. So that's that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for the Hayden 
a series between them and Philadelphia. I, I was hoping they would meet in the Eastern Conference Finals and somehow the Cavs lose, but LeBron's LeBron, so there's that. Who's your favorite player out of this draft class, James? Out of this draft class? Um, I end up really gravitating towards Kevin Knox. I like that kid. I like, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for the big, physical, switchy kind of guys. And I know he, he's not, his defense wasn't great in college. But I think he's going to be a primetime player, man. He's going to be big time. I like him a lot. So everyone's been comparing Trey Young to Steph Curry. And I think me and a bunch of other people think that's an unfair comparison because Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time. And he, I think he's going to be the greatest point guard of all time by seasons, by his career when it ends, even though people aren't going to really remember him as a point guard. But what NBA player does Trey Young remind you of? And that's the scary part, man. Like, he, there's a bunch of guys that I could think of that he reminds me of, and none of them are like really big stars. Like, um, you said it, the Steph Curry comparisons I could see stylistically, but then I watched. Uh, I mean, we got you no know, hey, Joe Young, who plays for Indiana now, was kind of the same kind of guy. Monte Ellis is a smallish kind of guard who can really shoot. He can get in the lane and do things, but when you're not overly athletic or powerful, it's hard. Um, the kid's name for the Knicks. It's 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 a he went he got drafted by the Jazz and he got cut and now he played for the Knicks. It's it's a his name is just right over my head right now. I'll, I'll come back to that. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it it's just like you said. Steph Curry's the best shooter ever. If this kid isn't so, if, and there's, there's always like a a scale in this thing, right? You yeah. say, all right, if he, if he's if he's eighty percent of Steph Curry, that's great. But is that enough? You know what I mean? Is that enough to, to really – because what makes Steph Curry great is the fact that he shoots so well. If Steph Curry was 80% of Steph Curry, is that, that's not really a great player. It's a really good player, and you can scheme for it a lot better. So um, that was a really gutsy pick by Atlanta, or a gutsy trade by Atlanta to get him in there. And I, I hope he works out. I, I'm, not, I'm not really high on him. Are the Hawks – so you don't think the Hawks are the right team for him? I don't, and I just don't know if – I know people tell me that like his his passing is underrated, um, and of course he played for a team where he was the only weapon. So you know, team just really double, triple team. They jumped it up for him and made it really tough for him. So I understand. Maybe with NBA athletes and NBA spacing, we get to see. But I mean, I think about like look at Buddy Buddy Hills. Yeah. Buddy Hills was great as a as a college kid, and he gets to the pros, and you know he's he's Buddy Hills. He's he's fine. Uh, I think of another player like Jimmy Fredette. Flamethrower in college, absolute flamethrower, and he's a flamethrower overseas right now. In the pros, when you're just too small and, and not really, uh, you can't really get it done. You can't get it done. So it's 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 hard to translate, man. We'll see. Mikael Bridges is my favorite player of this draft, and I, I don't think he's going to be the best player. I don't think he's going to be an all star or anything. I just really really like him. Why do you think Philadelphia traded this pick? Do you think it is solely to get uh, a guy like a Paul George or Kawhi Leonard this summer? Um, you know what? If, if you ask now, you asked me about my favorite player, and I said Kevin Knox. Probably coming into the draft, it was Mikael Bridges. Okay, because again, I think we we talk so much about how the league is going to that exact type player, and it's amazing that that exact type player fell to ten, and they got traded back anyway. You know, like that. That every team should want want a Bridges, both Bridges actually, because they, they're just you know they're they're six seven six eight, switch everything, play perimeter inside a little bit, so. But um, yeah, I guess Philly 
Someone was telling me, I guess, because Zaire Smith has a little more uh, creation potential. Yeah. As it can be like a guy can get his own shot. He's, uh, I think he's a little younger, right? Zaire Smith is a little younger. Mm-hmm. And 19. looking at his potential versus what he can do right now. And I understand, too. I love Zaire Smith, too. Same kind of player, right? He's a physically kind of player. He's a he's a, a more of a maybe offensive focus type guy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Philly has to keep all options open. Uh, their their GM, or their coach said it. Brett Brown said it. The, the timeline is now. So even though they're great and they're thinking about the future still, they also have to start thinking, all right, hey, we, we made the playoffs last year, let's let's go. So if they can get a Paul George, if they can get a uh, whoever they can get this summer to help them, like they're going to be right there in the, in the thick of things for the East. Yeah, Zaire Smith was a stud for Chris Beard in Texas Tech. I'm not criticizing. I just I love me some Mikael Bridges, so it's hard to hard to overlook that. And speaking of Villanova players, Dante DiVincenzo goes 17th. To the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's one of the worst draft picks in NBA history for one game. I know he had an incredible national championship game, but you cannot tell me he's worthy of a 17th pick. Are, are you on this train or are you off it like I am? I am willing to take the wait and see approach. Okay. I was surprised by the pick. I thought a lot of guys who went after him could probably help the Bucks more now and in the future. But the kid is really athletic, which I didn't realize this. I guess they said he blew away uh, the, the, the skill, like the, the, the vertical part of the combine. Mm-hmm. He's athletic. He's pretty quick. He can shoot. He can shoot. He has good size, right? And he was six five, six six, I think. Um, so it's maybe I'm trying. To, maybe I'm like a Bucks fan, talk myself into the pick. There were definitely guys I liked after him that could they could have went there. Uh, but you know, hey, the Bucks. Hey, I'll say this: the Bucks better hope that they hit these draft picks because you know Giannis's free agency is coming up in the next couple of years, and they got to make moves. So let's hope he is the pick that they want him to be. I, I'm going to wait and see, but I'm kind of leaning towards your side. I, I didn't think it was the greatest pick. Gut feeling. Where's Kawhi end up? Gut feeling. The easy one to say is that they hash it out. He takes the 219 million stays. But um, I, you know what? I, I don't know why. Like he's, I, I'm going to just toss one out there, man. I guess Philly. I think Philly might make some moves for him. That's a, that seems like a great fit to me. Is it would be an awesome fit. Young guys around him. He doesn't know about creation. He doesn't know about hitting the boards. He can just play his game and score. They play, and, and you know, I think maybe one thing he maybe, and I have no idea. This is just from watching Kawhi Leonard as a young player who's fast and and just athletic. He probably got tired of playing the slowed out game in Philly and not Philly in San Antonio. And he, you know, now that over the floor in Philly, he can run. That would be an awesome fit. So uh, that I'll, I'll be the wild card. And I'll just say Philly. I, I hope he goes to Philly. I don't want him out in L.A. That's selfish reasons for me, but I don't want him out in Los Angeles. Uh, another guy, Chris Paul. Uh, tensions have really ar- arisen with him in the Houston Rockets. There's new ownership there. Uh, do you see him re-signing the Rockets or moving on to another team, maybe out in L.A.? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean the reports are there's some kind of tension over this contract. And he wants the max. So are they balking at giving the max? That's weird. Um, loves that. Los Angeles doesn't have a max spot. And if they can't get... Uh, Paul George, uh, which, you know, that's still up in the air, and they can get LeBron James. Why not? Why not go to Los Angeles? But I think Houston's going to, you know, they're, maybe they're playing a little hardball first. They're going to pay him. They, they want to keep him. All right, James, I'll let you go with this. You're out in San Diego, California. That is one of the few states that I have not been to. Uh, and I know in and out and all these great burger places, but friends that have either lived in California or been out there always tell me about these tacos, these California burritos and all this stuff. What is your absolute favorite place in San Diego, California to go eat? Oh, man. So 
they're absolutely right. There's no Mexican food other than, you know, if you actually go to Mexico, that's better in America than uh, than San Diego Mexican food. And there's so many, ta- like any of the, like probably some of the worst taco shops here, like the most bland taco shops here would blow any city, most cities away. <laughs> uh, there's a place called Los Brazas in Mission Hills. They do this this amazing tortilla soup. And, the, you know, their tacos can't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they can't go wrong. Um my favorite place is a place called Zen Five Sushi. Sushi's great out here too. You know, real fresh. So, I, and I, I can't name one place, man. Uh, you know, Gatos is a Brazilian steakhouse downtown where it's all you can eat, and they just grab that meat on the spits and they cut them for you. It's, it's, yeah. San Diego, hey, food lovers, make make a trip. All you foodies out there, make a trip to San Diego and just and live live your best life for a week. All right, James Hollis covering the NBA for B-Ball Breakdown and Real Ball Insiders. James, thanks for the time this morning, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thanks for having me on it. Thanks for uh, being so patient with me. I slept through our first uh, <laughs> our first appointment time, so thanks thanks for letting me make it up. Hey, man, that's life of an NBA writer and, and just a radio. I Trust me, I, <laughs> we need as much sleep as possible in the summer before the season starts. <laughs> My man, thanks for having me on, man. We'll do it again sometime. Good stuff from James. Uh, he alluded to this several times that the NBA changes because you're getting paid. I don't know if I necessarily agree with him fully that college players should get paid. I think there's certain things you can change, like advertising, letting them do their own thing and whatnot, not necessarily them getting paid. But it's just a completely different ball game when players that play college ball, now their entire lives are dedicated to this sport. They don't have to go to class. They don't have to do other stuff. It's fully focused. Not all players are like that, but they should be be fully focused on their job and their sport. So that's an interesting take. In the show today with the legend Larry Bird, it's the one thing that always bothered me when I played in the NBA was I really got irritated when they put a white guy on me. <laughs> oh, man. Talk to you next week.